Hey everyone, I'm Topher. Welcome to Hallway Chats. This episode is a little bit different. It's another one that was recorded in person, so it's just me and the guest. Last summer, I visited Barcelona and spent about a week wandering the city and seeing the sights with Maya Benke, who is from Germany. And we basically just moved from cafe to cafe throughout the week, uh, trying food and beverages and just talking about everything. And so this is a recording of one of those conversations. Before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsor, Nexus. Nexus has been really great for HeroPress. Uh, their speed is fantastic. I love their admin panel. It works great. And uh, they, have some, they have some stuff I don't use, but I admire tremendously. Uh, they have WooCommerce automated testing, which is kind of a big deal. Not every place has that. Uh, in fact, I don't know of another place that does have that. They have a great sales performance monitor, so you can help you with business decisions. And they have a plugin performance monitor, which is actually really hard to do. I know of a bunch of plugins that claim to do it well, but they don't really. Uh, the one from Nexus does a really great job. So if you're looking for a good host, especially with WooCommerce, check out Nexus. They're great. All right, so let's get on with our conversation with Maya. Uh, the scene is we were sitting in a cafe, an outdoor cafe. Um, every cafe in Barcelona at that time of year had tables and chairs outside. I don't think we sat inside at any of them. And so you could just walk down the street and just stop and sit, and someone would come and offer you coffee. Um, it was pretty great. So uh, let's dive right in. What I really like about that story yeah. is that it didn't work for you, and so you were able to do something else. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know if I would have looked at it this way. I mean, it's true. And like, what I'm really glad about is actually, so, so maybe we had started was like, um, so I studied landscape architecture which I really loved and really enjoyed because I really like to design. I also like, especially in terms of user experience, not just in terms of art and do pretty things, but in yeah. terms of doing design, which means stuff that works for people and I liked enjoying it, even with their, in a way that maybe they're not even notice that it's actually really good design because it's so like normal feeling intuitive. in a good way. Yeah, and intuitive. Yeah. It's not even like, look like a good design so i really like those and also like with plants and being creative but in an engineer way you know not mm -hmm. in like a blank canvas and you just put color in and you have all your freedom because it's for me too much freedom and mm -hmm. i like to have these limits of rules and especially in architecture you have a lot of rules that people don't hurt themselves using yeah, those yeah. things um so i love this a lot but i had a lot of problems not being able to travel around and um, so that's what led you to leave that career and, yeah, actually, and pick something else. Yes, so this was the the main reason. Okay, okay. Muchas gracias. Um, that was actually the main reason why I uh, wanted to change the um, the profession I had, and uh, also I figured out that the creative part in being a landscape architecture mm -hmm. architect is not the biggest part. It's actually the smallest part and really small, because okay. the rest is like a lot of paperwork, a lot yeah, of. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, like helping building like table map, like so checking that the, the stuff got built in a correct way, and also changing the plans all the time because there was a lot of other um, parties involved. 
um, where you related to, so you had to like change your plans all the time, your ideas, and I don't know, it was not that fun and creative that I thought. Sure. Um, it was yeah, too much limitation, and but especially not being able to travel as much as I wanted to. Like for one time, I was working in an auto store, and we had a lot of clients coming in looking for equipment for the next travel so I keep asking you know they're telling and also we were asking where you so where are you going to do what is the weather temperature stuff like this and there were a lot of cool stuff so I had a little list putting all the cool ideas on I wanted to do and my colleagues were like you will never have enough vacation and holiday uh-huh. if you're able to do that and then we're like early 20 I was yeah. like this is too sad like I don't want to like I don't want to live just to work I want yeah. to work that I'm able to live and do stuff yeah And if even in my early 20s, people already tell me you will not... I mean, if you're like, I don't know, 70 and people will tell you, oh, you don't have the time to do all these things. I think it's still critical to say that, but mm-hmm. maybe it would be a bit more makes sense. But early 20s is like not the time to tell someone mm-hmm. you'll not be able to do all the stuff because you don't have time because you will have to work so much right. all the time. You don't have enough holidays. And I found it super depressing. And I was like, nah. <laughs> I don't want to live like this. So I really wanted to be local, independent, just working. And still work something that I'm really passionate about it. Because, uh-huh. yeah, and I not really know what it is. So after my university time, like I did an internship. And there I found out that I'm not really made for the, for the office and doing this work. Even the university were really cool and creative. Um, so yeah, I did a Camino de Santiago in Spain. It's a pilgrim way. And found a lot of people who had some unusual work life uh, like lives so they were not working the classical job sometimes yes. I mean a lot of them did obviously but also there were some who were just yeah I work sometimes here sometimes there and you know live there and there and mm-hmm. I mean usually it was like being a waiter or being doing that kind of any job I was like yes. and I thought for myself that would be fine like I don't have to work in something I don't know where you earn a lot of money or something mm-hmm. If you're not able to, like, I don't, I don't need to work in something where I need to do a lot of money if I'm not able to have the lifestyle I want, which right. was traveling and being free. And I thought, I mean, like many people think, I think, think money gives you the freedom, which is partly true, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not freedom if you have to work so much that you can't really use the money in the right. way you want. Um, so... Yeah, I got a bit, you know, I get the input, so I were less scared of having oh, not a career or something. I was like, no, it's, for me, it's more important to be free and live on places I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I moved to Barcelona, being a waitress. Mm-hmm. And it was a cool way to be in Barcelona, but still, it was not local independency. So I still had my shifts. So when I wanted to go home for, like, celebration, any birthday or something... Um, right, you couldn't go. I couldn't go, because I had shifts, so... It was still not ideal, but it was a good starting point. And then I was thinking, okay, so I like to travel. The work that it's local independency is probably online and digital. Mm-hmm. What should it be? Traveling and digital. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a travel blog. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a time where I think in, in English, um, in the English community or English speaking community, um, on travel blogs were already pretty common mm-hmm. in the German community I would say it started already I mean there were a few travel blogs they were mm-hmm. also quite big but there were not that super many so it was kind of still a time to, to get in and possible also be able probably to, to do it big and have a living from it yeah 
Um, so I was looking for a platform to do a travel blog. So I was researching what kind, like how to make a travel blog or how to make a blog. Like I had right. no idea from online, like really no clue. And then I heard this WordPress thing. I was like, okay. And so I checked some and I saw a lot of websites were using WordPress. I was like, okay, I mean, if you can build like this, probably I can do it as well. But sure. We'll see. Yep. So I would try to learn how to do like well, I would try to manage, not even to learn, just to manage to, to get the blog online. And I think I think I needed a week <laughs> to install WordPress on a server because I didn't know how that works with domain and server database. Never heard about that either. Yeah, no clue. And really, I needed a week. It's so funny. Like looking back, it's just so funny. I mean, now I need like I don't know five minutes, <laughs> well, yeah. maybe maybe a bit more, like half a half a minute, uh, half an hour probably. To, yeah, you know, register everything. But I was so lost. <laughs> I needed a week. <laughs> <laughs> and um, okay now I don't know if I get the, the wrong but um, so yeah it's a uh, neither one and um, somehow I got the travel blog started I think even with one of the starter themes I think it was 2011 or 2012 the nice. theme I yeah. think it was the one with the with the pictures that were like full I think full of this Yep. And on every page that changed, they, they had a different picture. Uh, but I think it was randomly or something. Like I, I, At least I couldn't figure out how to, <laughs> for a while, how to select the specific picture I want on a specific page. Right. But I were really lost. Like, <laughs> I had to look up a lot. And I was a bit frustrated because I couldn't really find any like German resources for really low beginners. Okay. Like, they always thought... Like, they always... I mean, there were explanations, but it was... They assumed you know what FTP is and stuff like this and I didn't know that yeah <laughs> so I was a little bit lost sometimes um, yeah so I did the travel blog for like two three years I tried to make a living from it mm-hmm. um, was always working like as a waiter beside that um, during that time I also lived in England for a while so also mm-hmm. was a waitress there um, and I failed badly because I was really bad in social media really uh. bad in writing really bad in doing like travel blogging yeah I mean the travel <laughs> blog it was not that bad I think but it was like the way like to get um, to get money from it you need partnerships for example yeah and I'm just too shy or not, not too shy but I don't know I think it's just really weird to write like a hostel or hostel for example and say hey I'm a travel blogger can I get free stuff I never did that I was always like kind of incognito so I just went there as a normal yeah. person and was writing about and recommending stuff that I thought it's cool mm-hmm because I always thought when I'm like telling them I would write about it, they would treat me differently as well. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I, and also I felt really uncomfortable doing that. So yeah, I was obviously not successful because if you don't ask for traits, obviously you don't get any traits. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then I, what, yeah. what made you, what was the thing that made you say, this isn't working? I need to do something else. Well, the main thing I would say, because I didn't get any money. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a hint to me <laughs> that this is not working out. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, I thought, surely you need a while to start. Like, if you, I don't know, give you three months and thing, then you will have a lot of money. Obviously, this is not working. But right. it doesn't work out after three years. And also, you don't feel comfortable with the things you should do to earn money. It's kind of also a hint that this is working That's out. That's key. Yeah, and so I was on some meetups or conferences in terms of bloggers or traveling or stuff like this. Um, and I saw how the other bloggers are doing that. They always had a camera on everything. They were always filming everything. They always like try to you know have partnerships 
think what's the name for that like partnership sponsorship sponsorship things like this and I never did this I always felt really uncomfortable I hated to be filmed or making pictures put them online I don't know I'm not this mm-hmm. online person all the time yeah I felt weird about that so it was kind of yeah that's not really my my comfortable level comfort zone mm-hmm But because I know them, the most of them, or I think all of them, use WordPress, and I always had troubles with, with in a technical way or design uh, perspective for something. Yeah. So and I mean, after I would say a, le- a year, you say in German, the coin dropped. Yeah. <laughs> It means um, I felt really comfortable with WordPress and had really feeling I started to understanding it. I mean, obviously I didn't know everything, but if I didn't know, I could Google it and could understand the answers. Like this was the the crucial point at the beginning mm-hmm. to not understanding the answers for your question you had uh, because they were too technical and too complicated and so after a year I felt or maybe one and a half years I felt really really comfortable with WordPress and I actually preferred working on the side instead of writing stuff and publishing uh. stuff on, on uh, social media uh-huh. so I started to help my friends with their WordPress sites to fix problems to add functionalities to change CSS mm-hmm. and um One day, I were at a meetup in Berlin for the four-hour work week. It's a book from Timothy Ferris oh, yes. that a lot of people in the digital nomad community um, are big fan of, and like this is how many mm-hmm. people started. And I was there, and there was a guy in front, like making a talk, talk about like he is having. It was not so much about local independence, but about how to make business with less effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he has a WordPress agency, but he didn't know anything about doesn't know anything about WordPress. This was actually like his opening line. And I was standing there like, what? What a scam. <laughs> and uh, he was super self-confident, even Eminet, like, was like, said, I always use the same template and just changed a little bit the colors, bit the pictures, different tags, and then there's a website. Obviously, he did a bit more. I mean, yeah, I saw the website, they were not too bad. They were not like the best I've ever seen, but they were not that bad. Mm-hmm. But I think in technical terms, there were, could be probably better websites than, than this. Yeah. And um, I thought, okay, I probably know about more, I probably know more about WordPress than this guy. Mm-hmm. And he has an agency and make a living from WordPress and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck that, maybe, you know, you should, okay, you have yeah. to cut out the fuck that. But Do you know the movie with Gru? No. The, the bad guy who adopts the three little girls this cartoon no oh there's at one point where he sees somebody getting something right and he goes light bulb oh uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a moment like this but it was more not such I mean also in terms of our idea that actually you could even if you haven't learned proper IT stuff yeah you could do maybe websites but also in terms of you know what if a man just making even a talk about it that he actually doesn't know what he's doing but he makes money from it you know mm-hmm. having like the bolts I don't know how you would ta- mm-hmm. say it in a nice way in English maybe confidence. you have to say that yeah having the confidence to just do that instead of that you actually kind of know your stuff but you still think you're not good enough mm-hmm. I was like you know maybe I should just have the confidence to start and so I thought yeah so I had an idea Maybe I do that, but first I'm getting a bit better. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself a couple more months and made really a lot of research, like how, like in all the ways. Like sec- I mean, I already know a lot of stuff because I secured my own website, for example. But I was like, I want to be on a better level if mm-hmm. I do this for other people. So I learned a lot about like security, usability, 
um, design trends, CSS, HTML, what kind of templates are good or not. And mm -hmm. obviously at the beginning I didn't have really like the best clue. The what? <laughs> the best, like the best knowledge. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah. I mean, obviously I grew during the, the last years. Mm -hmm. um, but so I were like from the first two clients website, I were looking online. Someone who does like an NGO or like voluntary mm -hmm. thing needs a website. And I would do it for free to learn also the workflow with the client yep. and to see if that actually works out. And in terms it doesn't, you know, you could say, okay, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I can't. Um, but it actually worked out pretty well. The clients were super happy and I learned also a lot about how to interact with clients, like mm -hmm. how to do project management. I mean, everything's still, you know, beginning level, but, you know, I started slowly and... Uh, At the beginning, I was more like fixing problems with WordPress. I was not like completely... I mean, the first two projects were actually complete websites, but then yeah. also it was sometimes like smaller stuff. And uh, I think it was like 2013, 2014, something like this. Mm -hmm. And 2015, where my first WordCamp uh, was quite of a happy accident, like how I went there. But uh, Which one was it? Uh, Cologne, 2015. Okay. Uh, really good WordCamp. Really liked it. And... You know, I went there with a lot of confidence and thought, oh, I know a lot about WordPress. And then uh, I really, you say, I came to the ground. Is that a sentence? Came you say? to the ground. Uh, Is that a German sentence, expression? So I, I thought I know a lot about it. Obviously, I were not like an expert or something, uh -huh. but I thought I know my stuff. <laughs> and then I went there and half of the title of the like talks, I couldn't even, like just from the headline, I couldn't understand what it's about. Uh. Because it was so specific and I didn't have any idea. It was mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, yeah, no. no well, what, I, I'm not what was the main good. language of the word camp? German. German. Okay. I don't know if you even had English talks, actually. Yeah, I don't know if you had any English talks. Um, yeah, but there I, I went to the community. Also, uh, I got talked into go to the, to the con uh, contributor day. Mm -hmm. Where I, uh, <laughs> where I chose the wrong team immediately. Because I choose themes, which is a cool the mm -hmm. theme, and I thought it's about design, but it's actually about coding, and we're not a developer. <laughs> <laughs> so completely wrong, wrong team for me. Um, but they were also super nice, that and not like judgmental or something. They choose the wrong team, so they encouraged me to go to Polyglot. So I had there, and uh, it was kind of the starting point to like going on higher levels of knowledge in terms of WordPress. You know, like I started contributing slowly. I mean, it needed a couple WordCamps, a couple contributor days that I founded the teams I really wanted to participate in and learn. Mm -hmm. Like a couple months later, I were in Utrecht in the Netherlands on 2015, also on a WordCamp. And during the contributor day, Rian Rietveld made a workshop about uh, accessibility problems in WordPress. And I were really impressed. Like... I heard about accessibility because of landscape architecture and also when I was younger I was really interested in how people with disabilities um, solving their challenges. Mm -hmm. And so it was always like for me an interesting topic, like I learned Braille when I was 14. Mm -hmm. For example, I used it as a uh, secret uh, written language mm -hmm. with my friends. Um, and I was like, this is a really interesting field and this is really, I was really passionate about it because it would help a lot of people to to use the web and I mean at this time I already knew that WordPress I think it was like 27% of the web or something or 30% I mean it's getting higher every year but yeah. it was already I mean it was a lot of websites yeah. um, and it was a core there were some core problems like wow like this is actually infecting so many websites in the world in core 
we should change that. Like, yeah. Yeah, so this was, I don't know, just thinking about I could solve something, even if it's a tiny thing, but for so many websites, made me really excited and I thought it's really important. So I was really passionate about that. And so I became part of the accessibility team. And at the beginning, obviously, I just had to learn a lot of stuff. Like, this is nothing you can learn right. overnight or something. Yeah. So, and the most of the team, the developers, so they were discussing a lot of technical problems. And I thought, wow, this is mind-blowing. Like, this is so complicated and you have to know <laughs> so much. Um, but I was really comfortable with design because I had a design education, also UX, like mm -hmm. UX thinking. Um, I learned that. And for me, like, accessibility is a... Um, like bolder range of a wider range of UX mm -hmm. um, so I did a lot of like I opened a lot of tickets in terms of accessibility problems in design like color contrast for example or right. um, information by color only for core but also a lot for meta like for the um, the websites where WordPress, the WordPress community is presented right. and um, so this is how I started contributing with accessibility and contributing to the WordPress community gives you a big push in knowledge in WordPress. Mm -hmm. um, and always had the, the need to get better um, because I never wanted to be like a, a kind of a scammer or something. I yeah. really wanted to provide the best service I can and I'm able to and if I don't know. And I think the, the most important lesson in WordCamps, I had directly on my first WordCamp, to know what you don't know. Because if you have never looked into other fields, you don't know your, your limits. You don't know where your um, knowledge limit ends or what some stuff is really important you should consider. Yeah. Um, for example, I don't do any online shops. Not because I could not do that, but I know there's a lot of things you really should know in terms of usability, workflow for paying, for example. Mm -hmm. Also, um, the law is really, especially in Germany, quite strict and stuff like this. And also, like, the technical sometimes is not that easy to set up. So I think it's good if people are specialized in this mm -hmm. and to say, okay, just don't do that because I'm not specialized in it. Mm -hmm. So the outcome would be maybe okay, but not really good. Right. Um, and I think this was a really important lesson in the WordCamp community to, you know, to have a look in other fields, to have maybe a basic overview. It's okay. So yeah, this was a so this was a really important lesson to know what you don't know. Yeah. And to know people who does know that and then maybe ask them for help and collaboration if you have a project where you need that or just give it to them. And also the other way around. So yeah. I mean now I do accessibility since 2015, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um continu like con continuous learning. Continue oh. learning? Continue yeah. learning um, in the field and Yeah, so now I really, I'm really passionate about that. And actually, when I'm, like, at the beginning, you know, when I was walking the Camino de Santiago, mm -hmm. I would never, never thought I will ending up be a digital accessibility consultant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, having the life I wanted to have at this point. Yeah. And what's actually really nice is, you know, the whole, like, travel blogs thing and wanted to work remotely and being mm -hmm. able to travel started in Barcelona. And uh, 2022, mm -hmm. I moved back to Barcelona to for a couple of months to having this lifestyle. And it's yeah. like, for me, a really special feeling being back here and uh, yeah, living it and also doing something that I really enjoy. I mean, it's like for me, it's really nice because it's first, it's also challenging. So it's not boring. It's not something, okay, you know that and now you do this for the rest of your life every day the same. Right. 
I think it would be too like it would be too boring for me. So it's still always a challenge, and you still really have to learn all the time new stuff. And mm -hmm. it's a complicated field sometimes, but also I think it's really important what I do. So even if it's like really hard times and. Especially accessibility is not always easy to yeah. to do or to test or to work on, but I know that like for me it's really important. So that's why I'm not really getting tired of it, and I think I will ne I will never do. And I never thought I would find something where I guess where I thought I could do this for the rest of my life. And also like doing like creating websites and designing them, and then sometimes testing websites. Mm -hmm. It's like a good mix of uh, being yeah. creative, but also doing. Um, Like not like also like things that's really important. I mean, also like having nice websites really important. Yeah. But that they're also accessible. I don't know. I think it's just really really important because over twenty twenty five percent of the world population yeah. needs accessible web, and uh, it's a lot of a lot of people actually. It is a lot of people. Yeah. So to be clear, you became you found your career as an accessibility person. Because you joined the accessibility team, as opposed to the other way around, were you already interested in accessibility and then found the team? Well, I was not specifically looking for that. Yeah. So I was always interested in accessibility. I think because, like, I don't know. I, I don't really know. So, like, why I was so interested in that. Mm -hmm. um, But you weren't like, making a living at it yet when you found the team, right? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Like. I thought I would never be that good that I could do that, actually. I was more, like, right at this time, she did a talk at the workshop at uh, 2015 in Utrecht. There were a problem with the loop um, on the archive site, so the read more links were not accessible. And I thought, this is, like, for screen readers, they were not accessible. Right. And I thought, okay, so the loop is the, the, the main function of WordPress. This is how yep. it started, and this is, like, still the main thing. And this is not accessible. What the <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and yeah, I wanted to solve that. I mean, now it's solved uh, because of some really smart people found a solution. I mean, I just I think I opened a ticket for that, um, and other people solved it. Um, but still, I pointed. I mean, Rian kind of pointed out, but there I think there were no tickets. Uh, but. I don't really. I mean, maybe it was. Yeah, I have to look this up actually. Who opened the ticket? I don't know if I did it or uh -huh. someone else. Um, but I thought this is not good. That this is not accessible, and also why it is not accessible. Like, I mean, that's for me the, the saddest thing that accessibility is something afterthought or not even a thought at all. And to fix something, it's way harder than having it from the beginning. Yeah. And yeah, no, I was more passionate about to make it for, usable for other people. Who couldn't use it instead of having like I never thought making a living out of it. I was more I'm doing web design, I'm doing UX, mm -hmm. and thinking about I doing a living or like working with accessibility just maybe the last three years because you know it's a it's a complicated field. It's really you need a, like I think it's important that you really understand the user groups and have like really a deep understanding and knowledge and keep learning like not just think oh now I'm accessibility consultant and. I'm a CPAC certified, certificated person, mm -hmm. so now I know everything. Like, this is completely wrong, especially, like, also, like, people with, with one disabilities are super different, so you mm -hmm. have to keep listening and learning. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I know, not really, for a pretty long time, I didn't thought making a living from it, just, like, contributing to WordPress to make WordPress more accessible, because this was my... Um, my area where I could change something 
you know, like I'm not in politics, for example, because so I right. can't change their stuff, but I can change things that it's my in my range of mm-hmm. things and accessibility in WordPress. It's something I could improve by contributing. Yeah. So I thought more like this, and then I mean, then after a while, I get better in it, and um, also there are not that many. Uh, accessibility consultant or specialist I mean for example there are way more developers or SEO right. persons than accessibility people and I think it's too, too bad because we need them also we need to educate developers and designers and um, content creators and project managers so it's kind of just up to their to their accessibility consultant yeah um, yeah so this is maybe why I'm doing this because there's a need and for me it's important to change it not that much because it's such a great work to do actually <laughs> like to design websites it's more fun mm-hmm. than testing a website for accessibility but it's important so so one of the questions that I always use as a foundation when people say what are essays about I say essays are about how WordPress enabled you to live the life you want mm-hmm. and what I'm hearing is the life you wanted was to be able to move freely around the world. Yes. And the career you've chosen as an accessibility consultant lets you do that. Yeah. And I do something I'm passionate about and I think it's important. Mm-hmm. And I think this is really, like for me, but I think also for a lot it's of other true. people, this is really important that if you go to work every day and even on times where it's not a good time maybe or where it's like, I don't know, especially as a freelancer, sometimes you have like rough time mm-hmm. but to know why you do that like to know your why it's so important oh, that's so good yeah and that's for me to so know a, your why yeah and for me it's a really strong why like <laughs> even even if i would not like for example for in contributing wordpress you don't get money for, uh, i don't get money for that maybe some people get sponsored but i don't um and still i were for sometimes investing a lot of hours yeah. in contributing because for me it was important yeah and even now I think it's sometimes I'm really really sad that not everything in WordPress is accessible mm-hmm. even we have a team for so long and I mean obviously sometimes not that easy but still it could be better and that is a bit frustrated as well but still you know we keep fighting so mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool yeah like actually my dream is to make like the WordPress world more accessible like I don't have an impact on other like communities because I'm not there but my dream would be to find a way that like all the plugins all the themes or at least the things in the directory are accessible and especially mm-hmm. the core I mean the, the core back end and also front end has to be accessible in my opinion mm-hmm. um, because there are rules over the world where for example NGOs or public sites are only allowed to use uh, accessible software mm-hmm. also for the stuff not only the front end Yeah. So I think it's important that WordPress is accessible in every term, and um, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. This has been an episode of Hallway Chats, a part of the HeroPress Network. This episode was recorded in person in Barcelona, Spain. Your host was Topher DeRosa. We'd like to thank Sofia DeRosa for the music and Nexus for hosting our network. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and mention us on social media.